This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Four, three, 
Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the TTOR show. I am your main host, TTOR, the namesake of the show. And to the other side of me is none other than the Wolfman, the boogeyman of the internet, Brett Keen. Oh, yeah. You know, considering how spooky you allegedly are, I'm surprised that one of our uh, topics later on in this stream didn't make a video calling for you to be canceled from the internet. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Goodness gracious. Every morning I wake up and still see my YouTube channel. I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something Paul Joseph Watson, too, talked about back in that one. Uh, I forget what the name of the documentary was that him and Alex Jones and Gavin McGinnis and a couple others were on talking about like being censored from social media, like being banned from YouTube, being banned from Twitch, being banned from Twitter, being banned from Facebook, et cetera. And that's what uh, Paul Joseph Watson talked about was how every day he would get up and he'd expect his YouTube channel to be deleted and then would be surprised that it was still there. And he was saying this back in like 2019. So I'm sure it's much worse now. Oh yeah, definitely. But speaking of cancel culture, this kind of goes into the realm of social media regulation. That is the discussion of today's live stream. But before Brett and I get into specific examples of social media censorship under the guise of regulation, we need to talk about what it is and what it really is. So basically, when it comes to social media regulation, the powers that be, the globalists, the people that run the earth, they were not fans of the Wild West days of the internet, especially like 2005 all the way up until about 2012, 2015, somewhere in there. kind of depends who you ask and what you're looking at, but that's the general time frame of what's considered to be the Wild West era of the internet and the Wild West era of social media where big tech companies, believe it or not, used to be free speech advocates. They used to fight against government attempts to censor people's speech on their websites and they used to you know, stand for all the values that we uphold as far as being able to talk on the internet goes. And there was a point where even people you never heard of could be promoted on the front page of YouTube by the website itself without having to pay them money. But yeah, I know that sounds like some kind of pipe dream that you wish you could have. That's the way things used to be. People like Brett and me, we're old enough to remember the days before YouTube, much less what its early years were like. And things have changed over time. Exactly. I actually did a video a while back, TTOR, where I gave some of my theories on why some of these social media sites started turning all bad. And I actually believe, and I say this with a positive assertion, I believe it started getting really bad as atheism started to rise on social media. There's definitely a lot of correlation in that data. And especially if you look at the landscape today on the internet, especially on the YouTube side of things, more than the other big tech sites, atheism basically has taken over sites like YouTube as far as, you know, all those creators get promoted by YouTube's algorithm. They almost never, if at all, get censored. They get like huge views on their videos, their subscriber counts 
blow up much more than ours do. And there's just a big old circle jerking echo chamber in the comment sections where it's all positive affirmations, high five. Oh, everything is awesome when you're part of a team, you know, like the Lego movie. But you get to our side of the internet, we're suppressed, we're censored, we're kept down in the algorithm so that we almost never get any traction. And we certainly don't grow at anywhere near the speed that the atheists do. And of course, since they have all the power and authority on YouTube, as far as the ideology of the people who moderate the site, they like to claim it's because, you know, we're just so stupid and unintelligent and people recognize us for the shucksters that we are. But when you go to other sites that don't cater to atheists like Rumble, like BitChute, like Odyssey, etc., what you find very quickly is that these same atheists, basically the roles are reversed. They're the ones who can't get any traction, but it's not because they're being censored, it's because no one cares about them. <laughs> Whereas people like you and me, we actually can grow much better on those other sites than atheists can because our ideas are actually better. Well, we got somebody out in the comments says, so produce the data, draw the line, so the correlation. I'll throw a quick summary up. Who came up with ownage videos? Who came up with pawnage videos? Oh, I'm going to destroy this religious person today on video. I'm going to cut these religious people's videos up and make it appear as though they're contradicting themselves and all this kind of stuff. Who started snatching videos and using other people's stuff? Think about it. Doesn't take long. Well, it couldn't be the Christians because Christians really didn't catch on to YouTube until it was far too late. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm <laughs> sorry to tell you this, but the information that is actually on a computer that would be considered evidence, being able to see that for over 20 years, being observed, and the fact that Google also has mentioned that they've had a lot of haters and hate speech and all that. And what is hate speech against? They say people who attack people's religion, <laughs> attack people's gender and race and all that kind of stuff. Well, who's known mostly to screen the N-words in our live broadcast, DTR? It certainly wasn't Christians. <laughs> Especially when they attach your name to those words. Exactly. But since you brought up the concept of hate speech, that is one of the main vessels that governments and other globalist organizations uses to try and get social media sites to censor like pe people like you and me who would dare to dissent from globalist narratives regarding current events, the world, origins, etc. Basically, what they would say is hate speech is like, oh, you're not allowed to discriminate against people or badmouth people based on their worldview, their religion, their skin color, their height, their gender, their orientation of a particular kind, if you know what I'm saying, etc. But in practice, hate speech actually is anything that dissents from a globalist approved narrative. You do that, hate speech. Point out that evolution in billions of years can't possibly be true. Well, then you're accused of all manner of hateful things by atheists. But if you dare to speak out against the rainbow people in any way, shape, or form, which we're going to see a little bit of later in this stream, 
well then suddenly you're you're hateful towards people like that just simply not approving of their choices and saying yeah that's not right well you're attacking them you're trying to prevent them from living their lifestyle even though all you did was say some words on a screen and you're not actually in their life trying to stop them from doing anything but somehow your words are stopping them from living their life freely so you have to be censored for hate speech right and i don't believe for a moment that these hate speech rules were put together to uh protect any of us it's used by the government to weaponize words so they can get rid of people that they feel they don't agree with on a political level it has nothing to do with helping any of us nope and i mean that's even worse as you take these hate speech rules which are always vaguely written so that they can be twisted and manipulated to mean whatever you want which means that it can mean literally anything that someone doesn't like which can be either objectively hateful or not even hateful at all but according to the way it's taught in practice well hate speech is you know it's just so bad but you never hear of atheists getting censored on the internet or at least very rarely you hear you rarely hear them get censored on the internet for the degrading things and the dehumanizing things they say about Christians, deists, conservatives, evil orange man supporters, etc. But if we so much as but two transgenderism bad, well then, oh yeah, you're such a hateful bigot. Let's take down that video. Ah, oh, let's take down your channel for a week. Ah, oh, let's just give you the perma ban. You're just so hateful. Yep, it's funny how the woke put you to sleep. Yep, but that's basically how it is if you guys haven't uh, caught on at this point. is Basically, it's something that's vaguely written, and it can be twisted to mean basically anything that the leftists and the globalists don't like. And now there are people out there who do discriminate against people on the basis of their skin color or what nationality they were born into or the country they were born in or the gender they happen to be or i should say the biological sex because that's what normal people think when they use the word gender uh yeah that kind of stuff is if you're bigoted against people based on those things those are things we would actually consider hateful and no one would really have a problem with someone being censored for that because if you do that in a workplace for example well you're inviting all manner of bad things to happen to you but when it comes to words on a screen or a person on a video camera on the internet we're supposed to believe the concept that words are violence which is what really hate speech if you think about it is rooted in because most people know words are words you know the old saying Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, according to the woke lefties and the globalists out there, that old saying is wrong. Not only can words hurt you. Sticks and stones break my bones, but words may never hurt me. I thought it was sticks and stones break my bones, but whips and chains excite me. Are you sure, dear? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Ah, Good one. But yeah, the globalists basically took that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And they said, not only is that false, not only can words hurt you, 
they can actually suppress your identity and not allow you to be a free person in your society, even though they're literally just words on a screen somewhere or a voice on a computer somewhere, and the person's really just having a big mental breakdown because someone dared to say what they're doing is not good or not right or wrong in some way. So so why is it that the same people, these atheist transgenders, why is it that they're so protected in this way, yet they can get on videos every five minutes on Twitter and say things like Jesus was gay, he was blah, 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 insult the hell out of Christians, and just do that all damn day, and it's okay. What's the deal? Yeah, yeah. well, you know, when you're part of the protected group, which is what a lot of these rainbow people are currently in as a protected group that the globalists say you can't criticize these people no matter what they do based on their identity. Uh, When you're part of that group, you can get away with flaunting the rules of any website or at least any big tech site that's run by people like you, which if you've been following the whole uh, hiring practices of certain airlines recently, I forget the specific names of these airlines. They've actually opened up uh, job applications to people who not only have mental disabilities or developmental disabilities, but also to people with psychosis issues. So psychopaths are now able to get jobs, you know, running ground control and tower control for all these airports and all these high level government positions. So, yeah, you literally are living in a society now where key infrastructure like government and who runs your airports, the people working there are now mentally unstable (laughs) or have major psychopathic issues. I know a lot of people are surprised by that. I'm not because I know all the politician spots have been taken by all your narcissistic sociopath psychopaths. So now they just want to make sure their friends have jobs elsewhere at least. Yep. And, uh, If you say these things on a controlled platform like YouTube, for example, or maybe TikTok or Instagram or one of these other meta-owned sites, basically you'll be uh, given the boot in fairly quick order if you dare to criticize any of these things in any way, shape, or form. But like you pointed out earlier, be a deranged whack job who talks about wanting to hurt people in schmexual ways or, you know, evicting a bunch of people from their meat suits, as Terrence Pop would say. Uh, Yeah, that's perfectly fine, according to these people. It's rough, so it kind of makes you wonder who's swinging around the marionette, who's on the strings, who's controlling all this nonsense. Yeah, so now we'll go into some more specific examples of social media censorship under the guise of regulation. I think the most, well, there's actually multiple examples, but I think the first one that comes to mind that really rocked a lot of people's boats was back in 2018 when Alex Jones and InfoWars got booted from not just the mainstream big tech social media sites, but they basically got booted from every mainline website that there was. So we're talking like payment processors, email services, mailing services that they use to like distribute newsletters to all their subscribers on their website and other other services that I'm not instantly remembering right now. 
But a lot of people were really woken up by that because InfoWars is really just an alt-media news organization, kind of like a lesser version of the mainstream news networks in terms of their funding and their technical quality. But the news coverage they provided was much more entertaining and because the bar is set pretty low, they were definitely a more reliable source of information than CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Compost and LA Times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so Uh, he said the Washington Compost, beautiful. Yeah. And so because all of those people can't compete with InfoWars with people's eyeballs, or for that matter, any large YouTubers channel for eyeballs, they decided to give InfoWars the boot and they were banned from everything up until recently when Elon Musk, or as I like to call him from the woke lefty perspective, evil spaceman, he decided recently to reinstate Alex Jones and all the InfoWars accounts to uh, Twitter or X as they call it now. So now they're not banned from everything mainstream, but they're still banned from a lot of the other stuff. That was the first like big example. I think the other one that rocked people's boats a lot too was on a certain day. As a matter of fact, I think it was shortly after January 6, 2021, while he was still in office as president of the United States of America, that evil orange man, Mr. Trump, got banned from basically every mainstream social media site he was on because they accused him of inciting an insurrection, something which they've been unable to prove or convict him in court over to this day. And yet they act like it's a proven fact. Of course, on your channel, uh, Brett, you have the video where he gave a little speech on the day where this supposed insurrection happened. And, uh, well, it wasn't quite what they were telling us it was because they were telling us that, oh, yeah, he... uh, he was telling people to, you know, stage a violent coup. But then you watch what his little video that he dropped on that day. And it was, hey, everyone, we totally got screwed over in the 2020 election. But you need to go home and you need to not go to these places and act violently. You need to be peaceful and you need to go home. And remember, we love our police. We love our firemen. We love all that. Remember, he was the guy that didn't want the police to be defunded. He didn't want the police Mm -hmm. to lose out or lose their jobs. He cared about them just as he cared about all of Americans. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I remember when he was in office before, there used to be some videos on the White House channel where he would actually be having sit-downs and interacting with members of law enforcement or members of organizations that represent like farmers and all the blue collar job people out there that primarily voted for him in 2016. And yeah, you could tell if you followed Trump closely during those years that he was a staunch advocate for law enforcement and hardworking blue collar people like us. And people didn't like that. Yep. Yep, he believed our city should be stronger and that we shouldn't be having all this kind of bad stuff going on, more protection, more military. He's that type of guy. Yes, he is. And YouTube censorship in particular is something that I'm acutely aware of because I've been on YouTube for 
many, many years, even when you account for the four-year break I took at one point. But I have here my YouTube censorship playlist on my BitChute channel, and I'm just going to scroll through and point out some of the many people that got banned from YouTube for less than honest reasons. So, of course, I mentioned InfoWars, which was this one right here. But then there were other people who got banned, like Black Pigeon Speaks got banned for a day for criticizing a journalist who at the time worked for Vox. And then you had the little girl or the teenage girl, Soph, who got banned for hate speech. And then, of course, James Alsop got banned at one point, which I don't know if he's back on YouTube or not. And then there was also uh, Sargon of Akkad, David Wood, and other people getting demonetized and censored by YouTube in various ways. And then you had, uh, oh, where is it? Ah, yeah, you had Stephen Molnew got banned from YouTube a few years back. E. Michael Jones got banned. Even people like Jack Septicai and Markiplier got censored by YouTube in various ways. And there were other people who got censored by YouTube, but I wanted in particular to focus on a couple recent examples of YouTube censorship because they involve people that I personally know and interact with on a regular basis. One of them is my friend Seeking the Truth, the founder of Joshua TV, and also the man who helps me run the tech side of my own video site, Quarter. He did a video, well, I did a video a couple years ago where he actually used to be on YouTube at one point. And when Seeking the Truth was on YouTube, he wasn't some guy that barely managed to crack a thousand subs and that was it. He actually had 98.6 thousand subscribers at one point on his YouTube channel back when I first met him a few years ago. And he had videos that had literally millions of views or hundreds of thousands of views or tens of thousands of views. Like he had some videos that had ridiculously large view counts, which would explain why he had so many subs. And then over like the next year and a half, two years, YouTube started like removing his subs so that he couldn't reach 100,000 subs and become a verified channel and get all those perks that were available to people who reached that plateau. But then one day, a couple of years ago, he put out a video about Anthony Fauci. He was exposing him for some stuff related to the unknown virus of unknown origins. And what happened was he decided to re-upload a video that he had previously uploaded. I guess he tried some new tags or something. And he basically uploaded the video to his YouTube channel. And then he went to bed thinking nothing of it. Like, okay, I'll just upload it now, go to bed. When I get up in the morning, I'll see how it's doing. Well, what happened when he got up, because his, his Google Analytics page was still open, he saw that in the first five hours after he uploaded that video, the video had like three or four million views. Like he had gone super viral almost instantaneously. And he was like, oh my gosh, what happened? And then he noticed after the three or four or five hours, whatever it was, that the view count on the video went straight to zero and then barred at zero the rest of the way. And then he's like, huh, I wonder what happened. So then he went to his YouTube channel and he found that his entire channel was wiped out because he didn't just put out a video about Fauci. He put out a video about Fauci that got millions of views in just a couple of hours. And then they immediately banned him from their site. 
Oof. Pretty wild, I put, huh? I put you a link in the private thing, also talking about what you're getting at. Oh, let me take a gander at that. It's a big link, but it's got some information. Ooh. Brett's sending me things on the down low. <laughs> and you and I just realized is I did not screen share Josh's video. Uh, so you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I, you know what I'm talking about because I just told you, but I don't want you to think I'm just making this up. Here's the actual video I was referring to and looking at when I told you that lovely story. I was tempted to actually play the video in this stream because it's not that long. It's like nine or ten minutes, but I don't remember every single thing that was said in it, and I don't want to accidentally, you know, say something that would get Brett terminated from YouTube or something. Well, so, we can put a link out to the people directly to them if they want to go see it. Sure can. It's a good thing we have the handy-dandy share button on that site. Go ahead into... Oh, wait. I can't post that there. But I will go post that on my Twitter feed. And then I'll post it on Rumble... I see switch to Linux in the Rumble chat saying, I wish StreamYard would drop this give us your YouTube blogging crap so I could join in, not giving it to them. Yeah, that's uh, Tom, by the way. Brett, I was telling you before the show. Oh, he's trying to get in. He's not going to get in because he doesn't want to have to log into his YouTube channel to do it. Because apparently StreamYard forces you to do that. Well, if you want to, tell them to hold on for a second and go into your settings and make it to where you can come in. I can do that? Yeah. You'll go to your section where it says general, scroll down, and you should see allow guests to not authenticate themselves. Since you know who he is, you won't have to worry about dealing with trolls. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, I just did that. So if you're still Aren't watching, you happy to have a guy like me around? Hey, exactly. Well, I mean, I learned how to use OBS and a lot of stuff from you, so it's not that surprising. But yeah, if you're still watching, switch to Linux. I just turned off the guests must authenticate thing on my room, so you should be able to join us now if you want to. I'll be right back. All right. Okay. So while we're waiting for Brett and while we're waiting for Tom to join, if he's still watching at this point, because the link to the room is in the live chat on my Rumble stream as well as on my Twitter stream. Uh, oh, yeah, and I see uh, Brett shared the link to the video you're seeing on screen. But, yeah, seeking the truth, him getting banned from YouTube for the reason that he did not only was pretty shocking, I mean, literally banning a guy from your site because he dared to put out a viral video. I mean, that's pretty extreme as it is. But Seeking the Truth is someone that I've collaborated with on a regular basis. I mean, a few years back, I was a frequent guest on his live streams that he used to do every night, talking about news and politics and censorship and tech stuff. And I talked to him a lot behind the scenes up to the present day. Sometimes it's to help me with my quarter site, but other times it's talking about, you know, what's going on with him, what's going on in the tech world, what's going on in politics, etc. So someone that I know, as well as you can know someone from the internet, someone like him getting banned from YouTube for committing the crime of having a viral video, 
<laughs> I mean, that that's pretty eye-opening. That's something that I take very personally because it's not just some, oh, some person, you know, way over there on the other side of the country, other side of the world who happens to be massively popular. And, you know, I have no idea what they're like off of their cameras. Yeah, Josh is not that person. And so, yeah, when that happened to him a few years ago, I was like, dang, that's pretty bad. This is someone actually is an actual friend of mine. But more recently, uh, someone is trying to get uh, my friend Switch to Linux banned from not just YouTube, but also from the entire internet based on the cancel culture tactics that people have been using for years to get others censored from the internet. Uh, just checking out some stuff here. Ah, uh, oh yeah. YouTube bans thousands. Yep, that's an interesting search result that Brett gave me in the background there. But as far as switch to Linux goes, uh, let me go ahead and screen share. All right, I'm back. You missed me. Yes, deeply. I was moved oh. to tears. <laughs> Did you get that, get that link that I put out there? Yes, I did. Uh, hold on, I'm going to grab this to share audio. Uh, okay. Well, I don't need to play audio for any of this. All right, so here in particular is the recent video I put out. Trafiton tries to cancel switch to Linux from the internet, which is like a 41, 42-minute video which I recommend you go to my Rumble channel or Quarter or any of the alt tech sites I'm on and watch that thing in its entirety because it is eye-opening and hee-hilarious. And then in that same vein, because it comes from the same source material I'm responding to, there was the video I just put out, Trafiton Lies About the Bible Not Condemning Homosexuality, which is one of the things he claimed to try and make Switch to Linux look bad and justify his call to get Tom banned from the entire internet and not just YouTube. But in case you're wondering why, oh, why would Trafiton target switch to Linux and who the heck even is this Trafiton guy? Well, my friend Tom runs a channel called Switch to Linux, which is approaching 65,000 subscribers at the time of this stream. Uh, he primarily does videos about Linux-based products and systems. He talks about different kinds of web browsers and other kinds of social media and tech stuff and gives a lot of tutorials on about how to use and operate a lot of these things, which a lot of people find very helpful, which is why he's gotten as big as he has on YouTube. It's pretty cool. I mean, the list of people I know who are content creators who are actually popular on in any way pretty small and Tom's on it. So yeah, that's who Tom is as far as his popularity goes. But he also has our Walk in Christ channel, which is his Christian channel. That's basically his ministry. He's got over a thousand subs on that. So he's got some stuff going on over there. And Trafiton is this guy who has 6.9 thousand subs, which is not bad, but not nearly as big as Switch to Linux. And apparently he has three pronouns. So it's good to see that he cares a lot about his pronouns. And the 
little video here that I have paused on his little trailer. That's what his avatar looks like. He's one of those people that has like a cartoon avatar that's supposed to represent him. And you can see from the avatar with the different striped colored hair, you can see from the pronouns in his YouTube bio, and you can see from the script of his that I've been responding to in my recent videos, definitely a woke leftist. Definitely someone who does not handle dissent very well at all. And definitely someone who is envious of people he doesn't like being popular on the internet at all. Hence why he's trying to get my friend Tom canceled from the internet forever. Because Trafferton doesn't like the fact that Tom is, one, an outspoken Christian, and two... He doesn't like the fact that he's popular on YouTube with his Switch to Linux channel. Those two things shouldn't coexist in his mind, and yet they do, and he can't handle it. But as far as him and social media censorship in particular, I'm going to go through his script briefly, which you can see right here on the screen. It's a document he actually made public on his YouTube channel and his community tabs, and I simply downloaded it from the Proton Drive link he provided. And of course, you read through this and, you know, my friend Tom, also known as Switch to Linux, our walk in Christ and all his other channels. He's just such a threat. He's a huge threat to how the Linux community is perceived. He spreads misinformation and paranoia. And apparently Tom has this huge political agenda that he's trying to usher people into, which is, you know, a real head scratcher because Tom is not a politician. He's not running for office. I don't know how he has a political agenda at all. It's kind of hard to have a political agenda when half the time you're driving around in a van that you live in across the country. And the other half of the time you're parked making videos for all these channels. So I don't know where he found the time to develop a political agenda, much less share it with the world. It's one of life's great mysteries that I guess we'll just never know. But uh, yeah, so his script here talks about Tom and how crazed he is. And it goes on to talk about how Tom's just this broken human being and his Christianity is the source of all of his evil that he communicates to the world through his videos. But in terms of why Tom needs to be banned, well, actually, in terms of how he should be banned, how he should be combated, there's a section at the end that is called, it's not the hate machine, although that is a funny section. The Bible stuff's really funny, but it's called, where is it? Morowski's online career needs to end. So it's not just, oh, hey, Tom's a bad guy. We just need to recognize that he is and move on. No, 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 no. His career needs to end. We need to stop him from doing his content. So he writes, I've covered a lot of topics today, but what can we do about it? It being Tom's internet career. He says, the easiest thing you can do is stop watching his videos and unsubscribe if you are. Report the hate content in his videos that slip through the cracks on YouTube. In other words, false flag his videos. Start spreading the word to all content creators you know. Let them know that this man is ruining the Linux community and he needs to be stopped. And he's also upset by the fact that when you type in how to switch to Linux on YouTube, Tom's the first result that comes up. That also triggers him, apparently. 
And then he attempted to scroll, go through Tom's uh, Patreon title crawls and identify specific people that at one point were donating financially to my friend Tom. Although those people reached out to him after this script came out and said, hey, we're not actually supporting him on Patreon anymore. So that whole part of his letter or script, I should say, is false. But this is what Trafferton had to say about all the other people who are financially supporting Tom through Patreon. But anyone who continues to support Murawski, you are supporting technological misinformation, hate, and the downward spiral of Murawski's mental state. So according to Trafferton, if you are financially supporting Tom through a crowdfunding platform like Patreon, you are supporting technological misinfo, hate, and apparently the downward spiral of, Mar of Tom's mental state, which I don't know how he came to that conclusion. So by implication, if you don't want to support technological misinformation and hate speech, and you're just looking out for Tom's mental health, well, then you need to unsubscribe from him from him on Patreon and stop giving him your money. You need to stop watching his videos. You need to not only unsubscribe from his channel and move on, but you need to flag all of his videos where he communicates hate speech. And so there is a real effort by a sort of kind of popular YouTuber in the tech community to try and get my friend Tom canceled from the Linux YouTube community and the entire internet in general. And Tom isn't just someone like Brett and like Switch or like Seeking the Truth who uh, interact with a lot online, did a lot of collabs with and talk behind the scenes with. Tom has actually been right here in this house face to face talking with me a couple years ago. As a matter of fact, I'm in the home office right now, plugged into the modem living room over there. Tom and I sat down and we're working on my most recent book together. So Tom is someone that I actually have met face to face. And let me tell you, he is exactly who he portrays himself as online. One of the most realist guys you can encounter in the Christian community, at least the internet one. So when I've been able to have all these experiences with Tom and all the things he's helped me with and all the things I'm grateful to him for, to see this little turd burrito try and cancel Tom off the entire internet because of his fifis being hurt by things Tom said. It's like, well, I'm sorry, but I guess you're going to get full blast now. You're not just going to get Tom responding to you with his platform. You're going to get me responding to you through individual videos and now on this live stream as well. He gets does, the full TTOR. Does this, uh, does this person have any videos recorded where they're encouraging an audience to attack another YouTuber? If he goes ahead and publishes the video that this script is going to help him make, then that would be his first video. Mm. That's also the reason why the first such video, which is also one of the reasons why I've made the videos about him this week that I have, and I'm bringing this up again here, is my hope is that when he sees this reaction to his content and realizes the big mistakes that he's made that maybe he'll do himself a favor and not follow through and produce this no he video. sounds like he's mentally ill he's obsessed he's a stalker of this guy what i was saying what i was going to tell you though is that the guy ends up making the video and 
publicly actually incites for people to go do that. That's against one of YouTube's major rules on that. You're not allowed to incite a flagging campaigner to another YouTuber. Hello, how are you? That's Tom. Greetings. How's it going? Hey, Tom, we've been looking forward to having you. We were wanting to hear the yeah. story. What's going on? Sounds Absolutely. like you got a, a mental ball coming at you. Yeah, I mean, f first and foremost, I mean, I, I wanted to, as I've been iterating to all of my friends, you know, um, I'm just asking for prayer for the gentleman because, you know, it's totally unprovoked, never even heard of the guy. Now, the guy he's he is uh, consulting with and teaming up with, I have heard of that guy's channel. Um, so the guy who is um, trying to lead this thing, he is a small channel, like 6,000 subscribers. And the other guys, I don't know, like 20 or 30,000 subscribers, um, which I have never watched any of their videos until this happened to show up. And then I watched one of his videos. And then he actually did a reaction video to one of mine, um, I don't know, eight, nine months ago, which somebody had finally linked into our Matrix community. And uh, I couldn't watch it more than like two minutes because the guy is so negative. He sounds like... Um, he sounds like an amplified uh, version of Eeyore, right? Very <laughs> oh, negative. So, but the reality is, if you go back and look at Ephesians, right, um, right um, and look at the armor of God, the purpose that Paul is telling us to put on the full armor of God is because our battle is not with human forces. Our battle is with spiritual forces. This gentleman is just under the influences of spiritual forces which do not like the truth that we happen to say um but you know so that's why i've been telling all my friends to pray for the gentleman um despite you know he's trying to cancel me <laughs> and telling all his friends to cancel me it's like you know what that, that's fine i that just means that i'm doing what what god wants because jesus says that if we are truly following him, then the world will not like us. Well, can I offer yeah. you and TTR a suggestion on something being that I used to have a big channel and I ended up getting caked because I allowed myself to be drawn into the drama of trolls mm. and, and nasty people. Uh, just keep doing your Christian thing, making your Christian videos, and do not bring attention to a troll. They feed off of it, and they end up getting views off of the drama. I, I, I actually, I actually tell my community to feed the trolls because it's fun. Um, I don't have, um, I don't have a lot of serious concern, and uh, based on what the comments are about his videos, most people. Uh, he he pulls in the activist types as viewers, but he doesn't pull in a lot more. And my channel's fairly sanitary. Um, the I mean, obviously, the one that would have the most of the objectionable content he has is the Christian channel, which is very small because YouTube doesn't promote that kind of stuff. But my mm -hmm. big channel, I can crush those two guys, you know, with my view count, you know, pretty thoroughly. And as far as that, you know, ever since he launched this out, I picked up a lot more views. I picked up more subscribers on, you know, Patreon, a few other things, because people look at this guy going, what are you talking about? His, his, his whole document reads like a, a crazy manifesto of somebody that needs to see a psychiatrist, yeah. uh, which is very interesting. But uh, and we've been laughing about like we've had nonstop comedy about it for a couple of weeks on our on our matrix server since we first found out about it. But it's just I, I don't care, you know, enjoy. 
um, yeah, just keep doing what I'm doing, you know. The, the spiritual state you were referring to of this guy is also something I was thinking about too. Because when I was looking at his criticisms of how you do your content, as far as mm -hmm. the product reviews and uh, the way you do sources and all that stuff, I was thinking this is all like petty gibberish that no one cares about, anyone who's serious anyway. And then I got to the yeah, part where, he, well, that's. Yeah, that's the thing. You get the the radical inconsistencies. He berates me over and over for not being a good journalist and not going to primary sources. Yet he quotes that I have a book about my life. He hasn't read it. He doesn't recommend you read it. He's clearly never read it. You know, he but he admittedly doesn't read it. So it's like he's telling me I don't go to primary sources. The difference is I'm not trying to be a journalist. <laughs> You know, nowhere am I pretending to be a journalist on YouTube or otherwise. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get that totally. But yeah, that's what I thought too, because his critiques of your your tech channel were pretty uh, petty. And then yeah. when I got to the it, Bible it, it, parts, it was like, oh, yeah. well, that's his real problem. <laughs> you know what you ought to do? You know what you ought to do there, Tom? Make a tutorial video for about two minutes and show people how to close out of their browser when tears start coming out of their eyes. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Um yeah, if I can, uh, can I correct a few things from the technical end from your first video, Justin? Would that sure. be all right? Um, so, and these are very minor, but just because you're not in the Linux world, I just want to bring these up. Yeah, uh, the, I passed the one, on those in the first video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the few <laughs> things you did mention, the first is the uh, the distribution pronunciation is OpenSUSE. You're saying open SUSE, not a big deal, but it's open SUSE. Now, that is a different organization than the atheist communist transgender. The atheist communist transgender is elementary OS, um, which I have thoroughly despised since far before that person came out as transgender for a series of technical reasons. In fact, the video he's criticizing me for constantly bringing this up, the only reason it was brought up is actually because uh, it was that's how it was presented to me, and I actually debunked the fact that the person was transgender had anything to do with anything. Um, and that video, if you watch it uh, right around minute six, is a thorough defense that I don't care who you want to sleep with, I don't care how you want to dress, literally it doesn't make a difference. I don't like elementary OS because of the technical issues the distribution has where it, it gives you warnings before you install well-respected uh, programs like GIMP and LibreOffice. There's no reason for it to do that. It restricts the ability to easily install dev packages. And there's just a lot of serious limitations of the distribution itself. Now, the other one that we were talking about, the OpenSUSE, what happened there is uh, they're obviously a leftist organization, as their newsletter had said. And um, Brian Lunduke, who's the name who shows up in that paper, he is another conservative um, uh, Linux guy uh, with some YouTube following. I'm not sure if he's I'm not sure if he's on YouTube anymore. I know he does a, a big channel called Conservative Nerds on Locals, and um, well, he's a Jew uh, and a dedicated and practicing Jew and a conservative. And so he is one of the other people. And the only other person I can find that this particular person attacked is a guy called DistroTube, who is also conservative. 
<laughs> now he's an atheist, but he's a conservative atheist. And so this guy's attacking all these conservative people in the community. But what happened is Brian Lunduke used to be on the board of OpenSUSE. So he's somebody that knows a lot of people in that project. And the mailing list came out because the Reddit page for OpenSUSE had a logo that if you hovered over the logo with a mouse, you got the, the uh, rainbow flag. And, uh, of course, I joked about that in the video that even that was out of date because the trans flag had yet come out since then, and it didn't have the trans color addition to the rainbow flag. So I, I criticized them for that. They weren't, they weren't progressive enough um, in a tongue-in-cheek <laughs> joke. But that's really the only commentary I said. The whole post itself was that somebody else came in and said, hey, we have this, but it'd be better if we didn't actually do that. Um, unless we're going to do that with everything, because people observed that a Linux distribution did not celebrate open source software day. They didn't celebrate any other holidays. They had one and only one celebration. Of course, that was the pride month. And people are saying it's a Linux distribution. We shouldn't have that unless of course, we're willing to celebrate other things. And, uh, that is where the whole thing devolved. And that's when the, the, um, chairman, I think it was the chairman Somebody certainly on the board, but I think it was a chairman with serious influence in OpenSUSE, literally said, if you don't want to see a, uh, what is the, I, I forget the exact quote, but it was to the effect of, if you are conservative, we should cut that rotten flesh out. And that is literally the premise of the video is reporting on that. Uh, that was his, of everything he had to say about the OpenSUSE issue and debate, which again, nothing was hateful. It was just the observation that OpenSUSE itself was violating its own code of conduct. <laughs> Many people have uh, pointed out that's correct. I guess Trafton didn't pick on, on that little detail <laughs> or he well, ignored it. Uh, it's hard to say first, what motivations are, but like I is said, this I the think first was, experience you've had with a stalker before on YouTube? Oh, oh no, no, no. I mean, I got sixty-five thousand subscribers and been around for a while. Um, one guy actually tracked down. I knew what city he was in, and it's like if it kept going, I was going to hand out all the stuff over to the FBI. But uh, <laughs> ended up not being. A, uh, he ended up going away pretty quickly. Um, I think I. I think I ended up taking the the evidence of all of his stuff and sent it to his isp and i never heard from him again so i think he's like whoa this guy forget who i am <laughs> <laughs> um whoopsie so so yeah it was i think it was from like uh, it was um i think it was from des moines so if my stock from des moines i was out there hi <laughs> uh, yeah of course uh he probably isn't watching because this isn't on your main channel yeah, I'm probably not. But I don't know. It's, it's some people just get weirdly unhinged for weird, <laughs> weird reasons. Yeah, I know. I know why. It reminds me of the guy that used like towards the end of my YouTube run before I started using alt text stuff. There was a guy that was like commenting on every video I posted on YouTube. Basically, one of those militant atheist people that hates creationists. And so, anytime I put out a video, he was always going after me for some deranged reason or another. But then I left YouTube for BitChute back in 2018, and I thought, okay, I won't hear from this guy again. Nope, he made a BitChute account and started leaving all the same comments on all my <laughs> BitChute videos for like the next year and a half until he finally disappeared into the ether. 
But I was like, wow, this guy's my biggest fan. He was literally willing to follow me across platforms just to watch my videos. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, and I say go, going back to uh, Brett's point here, you know, I, I tell people to feed the trolls because all my biggest videos were because, you know, some degree of negativity, you know, actually the uh, my first video that went huge mainstream, I had a video that ended up being featured in an It's FOSS article. Of course, that's one of the big, um, uh, big open source community things. And it was critical of Ubuntu. And everyone's like, you're spreading fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And lo and behold, everything I've said about the project actually ultimately came true. It's really funny. Um, it was about them switching from uh, Debian repository software to Snaps and pushing that. And people are like, they would never do that. Well, lo and behold, the next version of Ubuntu, they're actually removing Thunderbird from the repositories and you relying on a Snap package. Uh, so it's like, no. Nah, fairly founded uh, concerns. I can't think of, I mean, I'm sure there's something I got incorrect somewhere around the line as far as predictions, but um, most of what I have come to the conclusion actually came true, which is funny. <laughs> and I'm sure they made follow-ups about that going, wow, that switch to Linux guy was right about all these things. Yeah. Got it. Well, my my very first video that put me on the map, threw me over the 100 subscribers and really launched that channel um, was one saying Ubuntu is trying to do this full unified system in, in Unity 8. I said, they're never going to get this launched. Everyone's like, you're crazy. Like two weeks later, kid you not, two weeks later, they announced we're dropping Unity altogether. <laughs> and we're talking about the Unity engine, right? No, no. Unity is a desktop environment in Linux. So ah, it's, okay. um, I, I kind of liked it. Um, it was, uh, it was neat. It wasn't my favorite, but I, I did kind of like it. It was fun. I liked seven Unity seven, uh, which fortunately somebody had actually come out and, um, is maintaining it now. So we still have Unity seven. Some Linux distributions can install it. And uh, Unity 8 is, I don't think anybody has Unity 8 still alive. It was a hot, hot mess. So mm. probably good. It's buried deep. Real shame. Yes, it is. So since we're on a live stream talking about social media censorship, Tom, are there any examples of social media censorship, whether it be through like YouTube or X in the past or Facebook or Instagram or whatever platforms you can think of. You got any good uh, social media censorship stories you think the audience would like to hear? Hmm. Let's see. You covered Alex Jones, um, which was the significant one because that was the very first. Um, I even did a video on that on my Christian channel suggesting that, uh, yeah, this is a big problem that we're trying to to ban people just for that, you know. Um, I mean, I, I guess censorship is what led me to one of my favorite creators. And that's uh, Matt Christensen, because he commented uh, when, uh, oh, who was it that uh, Patreon originally deplatformed, right? And uh, then was it from like there, Sargon of was booted. Well, he was the second. So somebody uh, else came on Laura first. Southern. And Laura then, Southern. Yeah, Laura Southern. Um, 
But because initially Patreon came out with an idea that said you have to engage and literally mod, right? Manifold object, um, objective. Uh, what was it? Oh, it was something. It was uh, man, man, like um, manifold observable um, behavior, uh, behavior or something, right? And so, but then Laura Southern was banned, and it wasn't anything like that. And then Sargon of a Cod is booted off for literally teasing somebody with one word, that bad word, on an obscure live stream that had like a hundred views. And Patreon used that as justification to boot him off. And yeah. the very first video I saw from Matt Christensen was his discussion about Patreon. I'm like, this guy's really cool. And you know, I don't I don't miss the Matt and Blonde show anymore, you know. <laughs> Gotta get the popcorn and watch the world burn down <laughs> to their analysis, which is great. But of course, that's what launched locals, obviously, um, because they created the community. Of course, that's also what for me launched my own personal one, which I don't recommend people use right now. I don't like the platform I, I built it on. So I don't have the time right now to rebuild it, but uh, uh, it just gave us more ideas to not put all of your eggs in one basket. And that's really the lesson is make sure you're not putting all those eggs in a single basket. Right. And that's something that I think we were conditioned over time, whether intentionally or not to do, because for a long time, these censorious platforms didn't censor. They claimed to be champions of freedom of speech. They even offered resistance to governments trying to force them to censor people, at least mm -hmm. back in like the late 2000s, early 2010s kind of time period. Yeah. So people it, kind of thought, this is great. Yay. Yeah, there's something to be said for focus as well. Um, obviously, spreading your channel across multiple different platforms means that some people like I'll get I'll, I obviously get a lot of crossover you know we'll do you know I might get 30 or 40 people on a rumble live stream when we do our Friday night shows and then we'll get about about the same on YouTube we'll get a few less on Odyssey but we still you know they're they're still going good over there and some of those are watching in both places we have counts from both but one of the challenges is if you spread yourself too thin, you reduce that, uh, the uh, boost in the algorithm, right? So if you keep your channel exclusive to YouTube, you'll grow a lot better because if people really like your content, they'll go and watch where your content is. And so for a while, I didn't put my stuff on other platforms until I started getting bogus community strikes. Like I right. literally got a community strike for talking about an application called Cody that is available for download in the Google Play Store. <laughs> I was doing tutorials on Cody. Nothing illegal. Now, you can do illegal things on Cody. And I was telling people, do not do anything illegal. And I never showed anybody how to do anything even remotely close to illegal. I was literally like, here's how to set up a local network share to your own server. Here's how to apply a new theme. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. and I get a community strike for that application. And then the next one I get is for Hypnotics, which is a program in Linux Mint that they designed to show free TV programs. And I think that the reason they struck that one is literally because in that application, they're using the same free programming feed YouTube uses. And oh, they didn't like that. 
but it's like, and I obviously fought against these, but I lost the appeals on a perfectly legal application for download in Google's servers doing a tutorial about how to use it. And the other one is just a, a obscure software that's everything in it is perfectly legal. So we did just launched a new joke we have on our channel. We talk about the K word all the time. The K word. <laughs> <laughs> or my friend Cody, you know. Um, so yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, that does sound pretty bad. I mean, getting censored for stuff that Google themselves is peddling product wise. <laughs> And then, like I mentioned earlier in the show, my friend Seeking the Truth literally getting banned from YouTube for putting out a video that went viral in four hours. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'll happen. Yeah, well, I I got, he was I got... being he was being suppressed and targeted before, and they wouldn't let him reach a hundred thousand subs, but they mm -hmm. still let him upload and stuff. But as soon as he put out that viral video, they're like, no. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I hear that. We, we're actually growing again. I What I did is I actually stopped watching anybody conservative on my main channel. Um, and that actually, all of a sudden, a number is still going up again. <laughs> I think they're targeting you for just doing uh, conservative stuff, right? Um, so wait a minute. So, they're targeting you based off of your watch history? That's my theory. That's my running theory. Because when I stopped... Uh, when I stopped watching anybody conservative on my main YouTube login and I put all those overall, I do all of the conservative stuff on my Christian channel now. And when I stopped doing that, now I just watch neutral content, you know, uh, dash cam videos and just random weird stuff. Nothing's really conservative leaning at all, really. In fact, I watch a couple left leaning things. My channel's growing again. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. That's something that didn't occur to me at all as a possibility. I thought they just censored you based on the content you made, but apparently it's now the content you watch. I, I don't know. And that's a, that's just a running theory. Um, of course, the other thing that happened that caused another growth is, you know, I went through their, um, I went through their um, uh, big brother indoctrination training to get rid of the community strike you know they, they oh, give yeah. you a warning. now you uh -huh. can go through there uh you can go through there and i got to the end and i was screaming i love big brother i love big brother and stuff um <laughs> but by the time i got to the end of that man um the community strike fell off at the end of january and all of a sudden my video has been going up again and so I think that that does have a lot to do with it. So I'm just right now, I'm just, I'm just careful. And we, we, we tiptoe around the fence and the tulips and stuff, but I don't put anything that uh, even comes close to YouTube um, policy violations on there. Not even close. Uh, I do. Um, I'll save all that stuff for my um, band news when we have it. So on my Friday show, after after we cover the basic news that's generally safe, we'll usually cut off and do a few articles over on the alt tech platforms instead. So, yeah, that's kind of the world that we're being forced into as conservatives and Christians in general. Is that if we want to be on mainstream platforms, we really can't unless we do all the tiptoeing around. Mm -hmm. But we are being forced into a position where. 
if we want to cover certain things as far as like news stories, current events, religious topics, etc., or certain medical things that people don't like you talking about, like the unknown virus of unknown origins. Yeah, uh, yeah you kind of have to go to alt text sites to freely talk about that. I mean, for me personally, it's gotten to the point where I'm going, okay, I'm looking at this Trafferton guy, and a huge part of his script is talking about something that I can't talk freely about on YouTube. So my epic conclusion is yeah. literally only going to be on the alt text because yep. if I put it on YouTube, yeah. it's strike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that's that was that was the the our first community strike, our first warning is we we dared talk about the VARS database. Are we on alt tech right now? Yes. Okay. Good. I we're on. Wait. Brett's YouTube channel is one of the restreams, but I'm streaming on Rumble and X. Oh, okay, so I'm we probably should doing Rumble. Okay, so is Rumble. It, can we address that kind of stuff right now, Brett, or not? Address whatever you like. I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of tired of YouTube, so if they decide to smoke me, then I don't need to be on there anyway. All right, so, so the VARS database is established... Funded, established, and controlled by the CDC. It was established in 1992 uh, to track any adverse reactions to any form of stickiness. Um, and um, since it was established, uh, looking at the first full year, I can't remember if the first full year was 92 or if the first full year was 93, but the deaths and things like that remained static for 40 years standard deviation standard no problem as soon as people started getting koofy jabs deaths skyrocketed on that database government funded database and uh of course that was you know that was a big no-no you can't talk about stuff even if it's government funded and government controlled <laughs> Um, of course, that's what uh, that's what that guy was mentioning in the post about me that I don't know how to read the fine print. Well, he clearly didn't watch the video because I actually covered it very well, including saying this does not mean it causes it. But um, if you're doing any form of human uh, research and this thing is research, if you're doing any form of human research, and you see those types of numbers. The protocol for experimentation is to cease the experiment immediately. Right. Now, I have a PhD in biomedical research. It's my training, my, my educational background. Um, not that I spend a lot of time in that field these days, but I know how to read charts a whole lot better than Eeyore does. Um, and so <laughs> the reality is I covered that video very well, very thoroughly. You can still watch that video, of course, on Odyssey, BitChute, and Rumble. Um, but uh, yeah, we were struck for that, that particular thing. Um, but yeah, it's that's the thing. If we cannot freely have a conversation, we are already oppressed, and that's yep. where cancel culture and the social media regulation is in to effect. If we can't even come to the table, if every single time you come to the table and be like, "Well, I'm not an expert," and then you finally get somebody who is an expert, like, "Well, you're just wrong," then it's like you can't win. <laughs> you know? right. So you may as well have fun and joke about it. You know. But that is one of the things, too, that struck me as odd about his script is that he was very triggered by the fact that you could upload all this stuff that wouldn't be allowed on YouTube to your Rumble, your Odyssey, and your BitChute, 
And basically, he accused you of skirting the rules. <laughs> yeah, well, what's really hilarious is the, that one, he's mentioning that one video, which was the Open Sousa video. He's like, it's a secret video. He only <laughs> posted on these things quietly. Uh, no, actually, I did pu publish them all on social media. They got put everywhere. I usually put everything except right. YouTube because it came too close to the YouTube community uh, terms. So I just chose not to put it on YouTube, but it's everywhere else. Right. It, it, and yeah. It is. He, yeah. He said in his script, it's not on Twitter. It's not on Gab. It's not anywhere. Yeah, it is. Apparently he forgot part. to do this little thing called research. I've heard a lot of people say things like that where, well, you're not an expert, you're not a professional or anything. Have you ever heard of a, a film called Lorenzo's Oil before, either one of you? Yeah. Very familiar with it, actually. Yeah, the, the ALD was um, a very, uh, very interesting research and really did a really neat job. Um, yeah, do you want to summarize it or you want me to summarize it? I've seen it several times. Well, you can if you want to, but my main point was it didn't come from the doctors or the medical people that actually mm -hmm. came up with a way to resolve it. But go ahead. Yeah, so so ALD is a neurological um, degenerative disorder. Um, it is a genetically recessive trait, which means that, uh, and it's on the sex chromosomes, which means that a female can be a carrier of it, but will never express it because it's a recessive genetic trait, a male, if a male inherits it, he will die, uh, usually before the age of 10. Um, now, this was prior to Lorenzo, who was uh, the first subject to be successfully treated. And he is, I believe he has since died at like 25 or something. But what it does is there is a, uh, there is a, um, um, a biolipid layer around the myelin tissues. So myelin is effectively an insulation around nerve, uh, nerve tissues. And so if you have ALD, it's adrenal leukodystrophy. If you have this, then your body engages in a form of autoimmune response and strips the myelin cover off, and it causes you to go into a deep paralysis and eventually death. And the doctors were all there's nothing that can be done. And they focused explicitly on effectively hospice care until Lorenzo is diagnosed with it. And I think it was in the early eighties, if I remember, and his parents took it upon themselves to lead symposiums, collect scientists, learn the material themselves. And what they discovered is that the myelin was being stripped off by the enzymes that processed fats. And so if you took two specific fats, one of those being erucic acid, which for the longest time, the doctors didn't even pro did not even uh, approve the protocol because erucic acid at that time was considered toxic and had all sorts of problems and nobody should eat it. It's going to kill everybody. Of course, erucic acid is the primary component in canola oil. <laughs> After they figure out how to industrialize it, they just sell it to us now. But one of those was erucic acid. The other one was simple olive oil, um, oleic acid. So if you combine oleic acid and erucic acid together, you competitively inhibited the enzymes that stripped the myelin. It is the parents who figured out how to do that in their spare time. 
and it had nothing to do with the doctors. And that's like the greatest story of don't trust the scientists because if they, those parents trusted the scientists, their child would have died at about probably about eight years old rather than having him till he was like 25. Yeah, and the parents, the other parents had become so blinded by they got to have the authority figure tell them they didn't want to hear it from anybody else, no alternatives. They were, they had prepared themselves for the death of their children. That's how brainwashed they became. And today it's even worse because now even being an authority figure, like a legitimate one, isn't enough anymore. You have to approve a certain narrative. And if you disprove that narrative with your expertise, well, you're just wrong, boot. Keep in mind, too, TTOR, and Tom will probably tell you, these two people, they they weren't like uh, average dumb or anything like that. They were layman people, though. But they said, hell no, I'm not going to sit here and just watch my kid decay. They went out of their way and made their own efforts to do it, and they weren't near being doctors themselves. But they mm-hmm. made it happen, and they saved their kid for quite some time. That yeah, is a pretty movie. interesting story. Yeah, sad but interesting. Yeah, and and that's the, the, we have this whole idea, this mindset now that we have to be professionals in these fields. It's like you you don't. Oftentimes, you just have to have a little bit of common sense, and that's um, really the gist of it. You know. Yeah, it kind of reminds me though, because growing up, like in high school, college, my twenties. You know, you heard all the time, you know, especially from non-believers, well, you need to do your own research onto these topics. And if you do your own research, you'll realize that your Christian worldview is wrong and you'll become an evolutionist atheist. But then (laughs) a few years ago, when all this magic koofy stuff started happening, all of a sudden we get articles in the mainstream media saying, no, don't do your own research on these topics. You must believe whatever Wikipedia says because you're too stupid to comprehend this stuff on your own. Trust the science. Well, you know what else we've learned too, TTOR? How many atheists have we had come in here and try to spank us on science and it ended up backfiring on them? And it turns out that these people on the internet who are pretending to be these scientists because they label themselves atheists didn't even make it through high school. Come on, get out of here. But my my funniest uh, story about that was in grad school. And uh, I'm in there in, in our lab and... We have, you know, that the, the group of atheist grad students in there. And one of them was a postdoc and they're all, and I'm literally just defending the, that um, evolution is pretty much nonsense and creation is what seems to fit the, the models and things. And they're like, oh, you're stupid, all this kind of stuff. Well, our PI walks in, that's the principal investigator, the guy running the lab. And our PI was like super high up in the, in the university system, super high up in the department, things like that. And he walks in. He's like, "Oh, what you guys talk about? Like, go oh, evolution." Like, yeah, there's no evidence for that. He turns around and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like burn. That's oh, pretty that's funny. Rough. But actually, you don't even have to be that guy to figure that one out. You just have to think about what the paradigm it, it teaches. I mean, evolution took so long to occur that nobody could live long mm. enough to see it happen in action, which means. <laughs> You can't make it an experiment to verify it. You can't record it yeah. as a historical event. So it's it's religious worldview at best. 
Oh, so you're not going to buy it, huh? You don't buy that you were your ancestors were mermaids at some point in time of fish. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I no, thought I was I thought I was bacteria on some rock at one point. Well, you know, there you go. I, I, one of the greatest one of the greatest uh, signs, though, about uh, the greatest evidences for this world that's not as clean cut, evolved as they want is like down the street from you, down in um, Mount St. Helens, right? Uh, because if you go up there, it was deeply studied by Institute for Creation Research because it had every element of being millions of years old when it was uh, literally everything happened in real time recorded history. You know? Yep, we know the exact day and hour that it happened, but yet yeah, somehow yeah. all of our scientific data says it's millions of years old. Well, the, is and one of the challenges is they do those from extrapolations by utilizing reaction rates. And the fundamental assumption is that the rate of current design is uh, is as um, uh, as always static. So if you look at if you look at how reaction rates work in chemistry, one of the elements is concentration. As concentration goes up, the reaction rate moves along faster. If you dilute the reactions down, then your reaction rate slows down. Well, what happens in the real world is you'll have concentrations of some compound wherever else that may drive a reaction. It'll move really fast and then it super slows down. Right. Um, and then you see this though in all areas. So this is very amazing here. In Yellowstone, if you go to Yellowstone National Park, there is a spot, and I have a picture of the sign somewhere from one of my trips years ago. There's a spot where you can look over this valley and there's this little river winding over. And there's one of those government plaques there that tells you what's going on, right? And you look at that plaque and it tells you it took millions of years to create this winding and blah, blah, you know, and all this. And it's all this about, we estimate this took 5.2 million years, whatever it is. God's like, nope, because just a couple miles up the street from that, Three years ago, when those big storms came through Yellowstone, it rerouted a whole river, wiping out an entire road. And the whole river, three miles up the road from that sign, completely remapped itself in one day. Like one hour. It just and and right now, I'm not sure if they fixed the road yet. It took out a whole road and they don't even know how they're gonna rebuild the road there. <laughs> and it's really funny. That's what's right down the street from the thing. Of course, Yellowstone itself is a is a model of that because um, Black Dragon Cauldron, in one day due to one earthquake, moved fifty feet. <laughs> it's almost like catastrophicism is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's tales among the uh, I forget which uh, which uh, Indian group is at the Grand Canyon, but there's tales there passed down through generations of the people that saw the Grand Canyon form. That it was a lake. and uh, But what happens with a lake and along a, a rock wall, this is the big problem on dams. If one tiny piece of a dam breaches, the whole dam is going to burst wide open and completely destroy everything downstream. What they saw in this, um, this Indian uh, Native American group is it was a giant lake on top of this thing one little hole bust through the rock, and then in one day, boom, Grand Canyon formed by the outflow of the water. Which, by the way, matches 
what would happen in that type of worldview. It's very interesting. I would be very interested to uh, learn more about that particular story, Tom. Yeah, you can you can probably look it up online. Which, uh, so you don't remember the tribe, but it was a tribe that was based around Grand Canyon. No, because that area, that area has, uh, I know Hopi Indian is big in that area. Um, I should know this off the top of my head because I've been through like nearly every Native American tribe in this country. I think Hopi is in that general area and um, Shoshone might be. And Apache is in that general area as well. It might be Apache. Hmm. I'll have to look that one up because that is an interesting story to look up for sure. Would it be the, uh, I think it's pronounced Havasupi? It could be. Yeah, I, I just don't remember which one is right there. I haven't been to that area for a little while. I was looking up what you were talking about, and that seems to be the main Indian tribe around that area. They've been there for quite some time. Yeah, that that's that might be it. Yeah. And just like that, we got off on a rabbit hole. <laughs> but a good one. I'm learning things. Oh, yeah. It's fun times. Everything is better when you have friends. Well, according according to this guy's paper, I'm just this sad, lonely guy that sits in the corner and cries and, you know. But, some, like, but somehow oh. you're simultaneously causing all this harm to all these people out there. Even somehow, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I, I, just, mean I, just, I just turn on the camera to record my two minutes of hate. <laughs> yes, between all the driving around in your van that you do and then all the time you spend recording your videos, and then all the time you spend crying in a corner, feeling all alone. Somehow, yeah, you not only manage to hurt people in the real world with your words on the internet, but you somehow manage to put together a political agenda between all that driving and crying. Well, I don't get it. Even if it, even if it were the case that at nighttime you crawl into the corner or in a fetal position, just have a sad for hours, why would that mean that you deserve not to have a YouTube channel? Yeah, well, that, that raises another fascinating thing. If this guy truly believes in his heart of hearts that I am this emotionally fragile person that is just in serious need of mental, uh, mental help, and your plan is to run around and get everybody to criticize this person, are you attempting to cause a on and off thing? Or... Self-deleted trying to cause you to have an episode. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because it's like, okay, you if you true, and that's what makes it this whole thing even crazier. If he truly in his heart of hearts believes I'm this fragile, suffering individual, and his plan is to decimate my life. <laughs> because he loves you so much and has so much respect for you, Tom. Don't you get it? Well, you know. Back in my day, we had compassion and sympathy for those that were disabled and had issues like that. If this were a horror film, I could just imagine him stabbing you in the back over and over, being like, I'm doing this for you, man. Oof, you're I respect you so much, just trying to help you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Who knows? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll write him into my next book. 
<laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I mean, I, I had fun with this paper here. I got, I got highlights and purple writing all over the place. I didn't use red. I thought that might trigger him a little bit, but. <laughs> I, I still, though, I mean, I, I'm not that surprised, but I'm still a little surprised how he was going to, you know, he was going to prove that you're misrepresenting what the Bible says on homosexuality. And I what? was just licking my chops going, OK, I know all the passages he's going to have to so hit if he wh wants to do that. How right exactly there. did this guy, yeah. what, what did he say that wasn't in the Bible here? How did he put this? He claims that Tom is misrepresenting the Bible's teachings on homosexuality. But then when he actually deals with the issue in his script, he doesn't mention any of the Bible passages that address homosexuality. So no Leviticus 18, no Leviticus 20, no Romans 1, no 1 Corinthians well, 6, none of it. I did get to quote one of my favorite quotes from Pam Popper. If you guys don't know who Pam Popper is, you should look her up. Uh, Wellness Forum Health. She is one of the foremost experts in what went wrong in the koofiness. She wrote a book that was published in 2020 that 100% is found to be 100% right. It is amazing. Um, but she has this beautiful quote that says, this is a level of stupid I don't know how to deal with. And that is what I got to in this script. He's like, what about the Bible? And he can run his mouth. And I'm wondering how long did he... How long did he pour over these theology books? As he said, he poured over these theology books, right? Mm -hmm. um, to me, he sounds like he's like early 20s. I've been a theologian for 20 years. So um, I'm not sure how spending, I don't know, a week maybe pouring over theology books uh, shows me something. But he gets down here. And then, of course, he quotes the NIV as if, um, <clears throat> you know, and then he says that, you have to only read the Bible, I tell you, which is not true uh, because he's not read any of my stuff. Um, right. Actually, if you look at my book, um, Josiah's Sanctification, I have a whole section on it and say, yeah, here's six translations I think are pretty good. But I always preface that by saying, but if you have something that you're reading, don't get another one. And of right. course, the video he's quoting on is uh, is the one that uh, about the Legacy Standard Bible. And the history of legacy, so this is where he, he, he quoted half of a sentence. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I noted that too. Yeah. To understand the legacy standard Bible happened because NASB is, uh, they just did a, re, a revision, NASB 22, and they started moving into some of the directions of some of the, the older ones, moving away from what it was. And so they started adding some gender-inclusive language. They started following the path NIV and ESV does where they'll take out those verses that are not in the older manuscripts. Whereas I like what NASB 95 is doing where they bracket the verses. So they're all still there, but you know which ones are which. So they're just, I mean, they're, it's not like it's going horrible. It's just going in a direction I don't like. Um, I really want the, and the reason the gendered language, I don't think he understands what gendered language means the NASB 95 keeps the heart of the original language because Greek is a gendered language. English is not. And so the translators wanted to keep the gendered language in it to let the reader interpret what's going on rather than take add some dynamic equivalency. So the NASB translators is adding some dynamic equivalency. They brought this to John MacArthur, who a long time really liked NASB, and he said, this is a hot mess. 
And so he said, do you mind if we take the NASB 95 and fix what we think are the problems? And that's how the Legacy Standard Bible happened. Mm -hmm. So I like the Legacy Standard Bible, but it's not necessarily on my recommended list because you can still only get it from one group. And it's it's not a, a Bible you're going to go to any bookstore and find. So, uh, and you can still buy the NASB 95. Of course, any Bible, again, you read. I, I like the NLT. NIV is not my cup of tea, but I don't think it's horrible. Um, you know, I don't like the King James because of the old language, but it's not theologically unsound, you know. So you get all this. Right. But then he's like, he goes into this. He quotes this section from a video about Jesus being white. Of course, if you if you caught it, he rewrote a little portion and make it sound like I'm talking smack about the LGBT community. No, the whole quote was actually about the world doesn't like Jesus, um, not the LGBT community. And then he gets into my favorite thing in the whole document. He says, quote, since Morosky lacks basic research and comprehension skills, we're going to ignore him and dive into the Bible ourselves. <laughs> That's, That's the, the part I don't to deal with. That's the part where I got really excited the first time I read that. I'm like, oh boy. And then yep. my disappointment only grew as I read that whole section. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, it's a soft uh, thing because, of course, I'm going to note that uh, uh, the best example of ever you can mention about any of that kind of stuff is if you love your child, you do not let him keep doing the things that are going to harm him. Uh, love is to take corrective measures at times. And that's really what we have to think about doing. So. Yeah, I also love how he concluded that because of your Christian theology and because of your rough childhood growing up, that this equals you being a villain. <laughs> Which is comical because if he actually, if he actually, I don't know, spent three bucks buying the ebook or hey, reached out to me, I would have sent him a copy of it for free. <laughs> what a right. you know. Um, so if if he had done just a little bit of research he would realize that half my life is not about this this sad lonely person it's a story about love and redemption <laughs> it right. is a great book about love and redemption you know um you just had but, to explain what you were being redeemed from so i i got the impression that this person at some point in time is wanting to read a script the thing that you showed on the board right is what say that again the TTOR showed a script earlier. Is this something yeah. this other person is going to eventually make a video and read off what they're wanting well, to happen? I, I hope so. My big complaint right now is that according to a script here, this is for February 6th. It's February 8th. He doesn't have this video out yet. Release the thing for crying out loud. I want to watch your video about me. <laughs> Well, I, I, I was going to I was going to yeah. say that if the person gets on video and reads that last paragraph that you put, that would mm -hmm. be called inciting the audience to go on a flagging campaign. That's against YouTube's rules. It is. Um, so now, you I could, you you probably know yeah. this, but you could send the video to YouTube and say, "Look at this," and voila, there you go. Well, the problem is I don't think anybody really pays that much attention unless it's like a mad mass flag campaign because the, the script is actually on Proton, uh, Proton documents. And Terms of Service in Proton's uh, Section 2.4 is specifically addresses harassment and um, this exact type of stuff. So he's violating that. I've had, uh, I didn't flag his community post, but I know other people in my community have. Because this is all public. 
You can go yeah. to his page, to his community post, and download this whole document right now. It's all public. It's violating even what he has on his community page is a violation of YouTube terms. It's been flagged several times that I know of. It's still up. Uh, this is a violation of Proton's uh, terms of service. It's been flagged several times. It's still up. And that's the problem with some of these things. It's like, yeah, it's a violation, but nobody's doing anything about it. Right. <laughs> I just sent you the link to his post in the uh, private chat, Brett, so that you can have a look at it. Yeah. All righty. And then do with it what uh, you like, even if that includes hitting a flaggy button. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I was telling Tom about before the show because he was like, well, I might want to wait till he puts out his video and it's all public. And I had to remind him he made the whole script for his video public. I mean, he, he, that's basically the same thing as putting out a video. He essentially just put out a yeah, paper yeah. calling for Tom to be the platform for the internet. And yep, link right there. He gave it out yeah. himself. Yeah. And curiously, if you, um, well, that's interesting. Um, so I've been monitoring this community post. There were 45 comments up there earlier. There's only 31 now. Somebody's come through and scrubbed comments. Hmm. Well, I'm seeing a lot of the same ones I was responding to. Uh, no, I'm seeing a lot of the same ones. Unless, like, they were hidden from my eyes to begin with. But yeah, I'm seeing the tech huts. Oh, no, I'm seeing Michael Valentino. Uh, I'm seeing Crux161, which is one of his fans. Um, no, I'm seeing a lot of the same comments. So maybe they were comments that were already hidden from my eyes because youtube does that sometimes there was one comment that was a paste bin um with of suggestions for him to change which was up there for a grand total of about a half hour <laughs> but if you read through his comments what's interesting is reading through his comments there's several people on here that are saying wow i didn't i i I think you were kind of weird. And then I read the PDF and wow, this guy's crazy. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the problem. Like it may actually rise to the very, very, very difficult thing to prove actual defamation. It might actually rise to that. <laughs> yeah. But I actually I'm considered not... uh, talking about that more in my second video is that, the picture he paints of you as far as, you know, being this horribly lonely, broken person who's just like his horrible biological father who's passed Which on. Which was false, by the way. My biological father was actually a pretty nice guy. But yeah, I, he, he's totally defaming you with the way he portrays you in his script. Yeah. See, if he if he bought the book and read it, he would have known that uh, my biological father was was not a crazy guy. In it fact, was, it's uh, uh, the book is actually he is one of the people that I dedicate the book to, and uh, my dad died during the writing of that book. Things that you might have learned if you had read the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I had been him and I was really convinced that you were just horrible person, and I wanted to present a case that no one could refute, I might have actually read your book first, <laughs> just to make sure I understood. You know, everything. Yeah. yeah. 
But, you know, I, it's funny, too, because the way he portrays the script, especially early on, he makes it sound like, man, I just put in all this research. I've been working on this video for two months. And, you know, this is what I've learned about this guy. And so the way he starts that out makes you think, wow, we're going to get some deep, insightful analysis. He's going to leave nothing out. This is going to be a bang-up job. But the whole thing reads like something he threw together over a weekend or maybe over a week. It's sadly with the state of modern educational systems that he might have spent weeks and weeks on it. I don't know. That's that's true, too. That's what I was saying in the video, too, when he was talking, uh, when he had that quotation from that sprinkle guy about the guy on the airplane who yeah. it's like the Bible doesn't, you know, the Bible condemns homosexuality, but he couldn't quote scripture to prove it. I was, as I said in my video about that, I was like, you know, part of me doubts that conversation never happened because it sounds too absurd to be true. Yeah. But then I thought deeper about it. I'm like, wait a minute. Today's world is getting so weird that this yeah. might have actually happened. Well, well, here's what's funny about Preston Sprinkle, right? I, I ask, actually, I call a few pastor friends, like, do they know who he is? Curiously, there is a little cross-section of life where, you know, that that uh, seven degrees of, of Kevin Bacon, right? Mm -hmm. uh, two people removed from that guy. Because the guy that came out as gay in our church, that there are, um, this is an old church and I left it mostly for this reason. Um, well, it was actually when the assistant pastor told me that the Bible's not clear about people being male and female. Like, nope, you're out of here. You can't be my pastor. Like Genesis chapter two, ever read it? He made, <laughs> he made them, them male, male and female. female. <laughs> you know, two was it 226 or something like that. Um, and so that guy who came out as gay and he was a leader in the church, he was a worship leader in the church. And instead of saying, okay, this Christianity has some things to say, we need to back off, reevaluate some things. Nope. They just went full fledged and endorsed him and endorsed his book, which by the way, InterVarsity Press published it. And his book, if you go and look at the InterVarsity's YouTube channel and look at their various book reviews, his book is the only book that's not doesn't have comments enabled for some reason because it's all about it's okay it's a, it's okay to be a gay christian type thing and well he ended up leaving the church because he was just finishing grad school he left church and went to work for preston sprinkle writing resource materials for churches to become embracing of the lgbt community now, and that's on the surface, Preston Sprinkle, on the surface, according to their official website, Preston Sprinkle does believe, as we would believe, homosexuality is a sin, all sex outside of marriage is a sin, marriage is between a male and a female, and people are born male and female, and God doesn't make mistakes. Those are the core beliefs that, on his website, on the surface, agrees with. So those are all things I think we would all agree with. The problem is, is that he tries to get as close to sin as he can possibly get without stepping over the line of sin. And the message of the Bible is to stay as far away from sin as you can possibly get. Flee immorality is what Paul writes in the Corinthians, right? Yeah, and, and, that's, so, the sense, and that's the sense I got from that quotation of Sprinkle that he gave in his little script mm -hmm. was that Sprinkle's yeah. like, apparently, he, you know, he's on our side, but he's making arguments that make it sound like he is a gay Christian or something. 
You know, it's just yeah. It, I mean, yeah, it's really weird. The problem with Sprinkle is he's extraordinarily slippery. He he's not the real Christian that this uh, this guy makes him out to be. He's not right. that real Christian. What he is, however, is a guy who has garnered support on both ends of the aisle because he's trying he's trying to find a bridge to them. The problem is he's not addressing him as sin. The same thing that the gay piano player that left the church, I have listened to every interview he had given, at least up to the point in time when he left the church. If directly asked, is homosexuality a sin? He will not affirm yes. Now, Sprinkle does call it a sin, at least in some of his writings. So, um, but this other guy who's writing for him will not. In fact, when he asked point blank in interview questions, he says, is homosexuality sin? (laughs) And then he changes the topic to something else. It's what he always does. So, no, Um, then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to say that because, you know, that's going to put me in this difficult place with, you know, half of the, the church. And that's really what the problem is. And the issue is, is that there's there's no way around it. Homosexuality is a sin. Now, that doesn't mean that just because you're gay doesn't mean that you're absolutely banished to hell for all eternity, because there's a few scenarios. One of the scenarios is you recognize that, wow, this is a problem and you cease uh, you cease being attracted to the same sex, you know, which there are many evidences of conversion therapy being effective. But I would also certainly endorse a person that comes in a church and is like, I am sexually attracted to people of the same sex, but I have read the Bible. I recognize that as a sin. And daily I go before God and say, God, help me not sin in this. But as long as you recognize it as a sin, you're a believer. It's very possible God just gave you the ministry to those people. It hinges on your agreement with God that that is a sin. That is what it boils down to. Yep. Completely agree. Hmm. But yeah, I did not know any of that stuff about Sprinkle. I had never heard of him until I read the <laughs> Trafton quotation. And even then I was like, ah, this sounds kind of dubious. Yeah, he's the president and founder for the uh, Institute for, uh, it's it's all the LGBT names. Institute for Gender Inclusion uh, and Sexuality, uh, Institute for Gender Inclusion and Sexuality or something, which is a uh, as a mission as a LGBT adjacent organization to build a, build a bridge between the LGBT community and Christians. So, yeah, far before that guy's ever heard of Preston Sprinkle, I've known who Preston Sprinkle is. <laughs> mm. And he's not yeah. considered a seriously reputable Christian in the Christian world. Yeah, I would imagine not. At least well, not with the Bible-believing part. Mm-hmm. But with the people of Trafton's persuasion, he's probably renowned, beloved, mm-hmm. the legend. Well, that's why his <laughs> friends pointed him towards Sprinkle stuff when he's asking, how do I combat this, this hate monger on the internet who's this homophobe or whatever? You know? Yeah, that, that pesky Christian quoting his dang Bible? 
<laughs> hey TTR, I noticed you got a pretty cool shirt on. Where'd that come from? Oh well, you know, I, I went on the internet and there was this guy named Brett Keen and he was selling this shirt and it's trolling the atheist because it says evolution is magic and it's a monkey with a wizard and a wizard staff and hat and all that. I thought, man, that'd be a cool troll shirt, so I got it. Sounds fun. Yep. Yep, and so yep, it, Brett Keen's uh, Teespring store is where I got that from. <clears throat> I still need to get the one you did for me, though. <laughs> well, I got my hat over here with an alien and a tinfoil hat from shop.switchtolinux.com. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> got this alien amazing coffee cup with the same thing on it, too. <laughs> so what's the story behind that meme? Because I don't think I've heard of it. What, the, this one? The alien of the tinfoil hat. <clears throat> oh, it's uh, it's just part of my tinfoil hat time series, which I only do a couple a year. They're super well researched, well well more than well more than this is researched. Um, but uh, I think our last yeah our last one is the fact that uh, just participation in modern day society forces us to agree to the terms of service to many services we may not otherwise want to agree to. Right. And so I was thinking uh, one of the examples we used, fortunately, was at least slightly overturned. The IRS for a while was trying to force people to create an account with ID.me in order to verify who you were just to get on the Internet and use their services on the Internet. And as soon as they did that, well, the uh, the hacker community got into looking at into these guys. And it turned out that they had extraordinarily insecure services and they were using AI, which appeared to be, you know, racially biased, biased AI, because it usually is um, when you're talking about AI services. And so they, after a lot of pushback, they finally push back on the forcing of it, but it's still an option and they're still trying to get it back eventually. Uh, universities, especially in the, in the Kufi scenario, many universities were forcing their students to sign on to these very shady proctor services so in these services you literally had to go and hold up your id front and back for the webcam show them your whole area so this weird stranger and one guy's like yeah i get this this weird international guy in a tent was monitoring me and i had to show him my id and i'm like i would tell people online you know like on my show i was like if your university is forcing your kid to sign up for proctor.u or these other related ones, you walk into the dean's office and you pull out your smartphone. You tell the dean, I'd like to see your ID, please. And then you start taking a picture. He's like, what are you doing? Like, this is what you want my kid to do. You don't like this, do you? Yeah. Well, just to go to school, you have to do all of these things. You have to agree to all these things. A lot of school districts are using either Microsoft 365 accounts or Google accounts. They are hogging these data. They We, we are going to learn in 20 years out that they're using this data for more stuff than they're letting on. Uh, guaranteed. They are using this data to monitor how kids grow up. And we just don't know that yet. And then what happens is you simply live in a city. You got to go and register your kid with the school district because that is what you're supposed to do. And then the school district creates a Google account for your kid. 
and the school district is not nearly as discriminated as you are. Your kid's got a first name, middle name, last name. Yep, school Google has that now. They got a birthday. Google has that now. They're giving it all without us having a say in it. And to have a Google account, you have to agree to the terms of service. Well, I didn't agree to the terms of service for my kid. Now, technically in the law, they're supposed to have an alternative to that, but nobody knows what that would happen to be. So what we do in Tinfoil Hat Time is we cover those types of stories, talk about them from this really in-depth perspective. The one before that was on the ring cameras uh, because law enforcement, all law enforcement had a backdoor to ring cameras. They still kind of do, although they came out with an announcement a couple weeks ago that they were um, pulling out the ability to just reach in there and grab it. Now they either need a warrant or the emergency declaration form to pick up the data, but being is that uh, the NSA is the biggest client for Amazon's uh, web services. I have a sneaky suspicion they still have backdoors we just don't know about, you know. So that's the type of stuff. So we just did the alien and the tinfoil hat motif just for the just for the fun and the lulls and stuff. There's actually on this, if you look closely, there's actually uh, an Illuminati triangle on it as well. And, uh, yeah, there's just there's a lot of cool little hidden things in that. So I actually have a tinfoil hat time on, um, oh man, I recorded it so long. I forget which one that one is. <laughs> we, um, we have a, I have another tinfoil hat time in my editing deck right now. So, hmm. um, which one is that one on? Oh, it's on AI. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so we did that. Oh gosh. Brett just sent me a funny meme. I think bears sharing with the world. Just got to put it right. I'll make there. sure you read what I wrote real quick. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so let me get this straight. Putin can tell you the entire story and history of Russia and countries surrounding it, but President Biden can't make it through a sentence nor find his way off stage. Scary stuff, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> mm, yep. Yep. Yeah, one of these things is not like the others. Uh, well, did did you see the uh, the her report came out today? The oh, one, about uh, him being a mental ball. Yeah, yeah. He well, committed you know all these what's felonies. frightening about it? It it's not frightening so much to know he's got dementia. We all knew that. It's how long they knew about it. Mm -hmm. This has been known for eight to ten years, and they just finally released it in the last year. It's interesting because yeah. people were saying on Twitter, they said they're going to figure out a way to get rid of Biden because things are just deteriorating. And then suddenly yeah. this happens on Putin Day. Eh? Yeah, and, and the problem is, is the Democrats, like, who are they going to cram into there? I mean, I hear, like, Michelle Obama, but I'm pretty sure she, she just, just said, not she wants just said the job. no recently to that. She said she didn't yeah. want the pressure. Um, he, they got like Gavin Newsom. He like he's not even liked by his own state. Like I just spent I just spent two months in California. I did not meet a single person there that liked that guy. Wait a minute. Did you just say Big Mike said they don't want to become president? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, speaking of pressure. <laughs> Telling you. Well, basically Michelle's uh, point was that she saw what her husband went through as president, well, well, and she didn't want to subject Obama's herself too to busy that. Busy running things from behind the scenes, and he does not want to be in the limelight again. Right? You know, it, 
I, I think it is by um, uh, Obama who is running. You know, Obama is the one that Biden's going to get in trouble with. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but the thing I saw that was interesting was the DOJ report that they were they put out, I guess today or yesterday, where they were investigating how Biden was handling all of these little classified documents he brought to his homes and properties. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're trying to hang Trump for. And the conclusion of the investigation was, yeah, he he's guilty of all these felonies related to that, but he's so old and mentally not there that we're not going to charge him. Yep. Yeah, but if you remember when they were doing this on Trump, he was unstable, mentally ill, dangerous for the world, but they were willing to beat him with the kitchen sink and then find more tools. Yeah. Yeah, and if only Trafficton was here to handle this, because he knows how to handle people in a loving and respectful and completely sober-minded way. Well, I, there's always tomorrow. Maybe that video will come out. Oh, gosh. I would love to see his video if he still puts it out. I would like to see how much of it he revises and how much he leaves the same. Although, kind of, yeah. my bet is if he does release it, it's going to be exactly as we read in the script. Which would be well, hilarious. The the, uh, the pace bin was very interesting because the the guy in the pace bin was was fairly objective. Even even calling out that everything that I had said in the um, uh, everything that I had said in the the uh, about COVID basically ends up being true. And like I said, that pace bin link was only up there for like 20 minutes. He must have canned that one fast or YouTube did. I have no idea. But guess well, I mean, who's made a copy of it? Uh, that switch to Linux guy. <laughs> you guys don't have issue with me doing Starfield while we're talking, do you? Haven't you been no. doing it like the whole stream? <laughs> yeah. uh, just making sure it's not too distracting i just found my first glitch uh-oh yeah i was on my ship and i got a robot it's a big old giant bulky robot i forget what its name is but apparently whenever you land it somehow like sinks up like slime into the middle of your ship half of it and because it's so big you can't get around it so I had to actually fast travel out of the ship in order to get out of it because the robot's blocking my way and I can't get it out of the way. <laughs> Whatever happened to the good old days where you could just walk through an NPC? I mean, why put physical physics on the thing? Yeah, especially when it leads to problems like that. All right. I gotta find that pace, Ben. It's it got buried. We've we've been having a good time. Actually, people have been leaving a few memes about this guy on my server. It's really funny. Ooh, any good ones we can share? Uh, I got a couple. Because I don't think share... any of them are on the internet, though. Uh, I can't believe have... the guy actually sat down and put out a pdf file he's like writing scripts and everything like that ttor i don't know if i ever told you the secret but if somebody does actually annoy me on the internet i don't script any of it i'll just hit record let them have it bam 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 and then i'm done 
end of the story. I don't do scripts and write novels of, man, this person on the internet really made me sad, you know? Well, that's, oh. that's what makes me wonder what in the world's going on with this guy's mind, because it's like, he spent how long would it have taken to do that script and to still get everything wrong? Yeah. He's like, there is something obsessive and obscene going on here. I don't know what it is. Oh, he's a stalker for sure. Oh, guaranteed. Internet stalker for sure. Now, it would be interesting if he became your real life stalker. Well, I'm in the grand state of Texas right now with a CCW and uh, reciprocation, so I don't mind. But then again, he'd have a hard time stalking you since, you know, you're always traveling in your van, you know? I mean, living that Lone Ranger lifestyle. Yeah. It'd be kind of hard to track. Dude. The man down by the river. Next next thing you know, I don't know. I guess it is a river. I don't know. Next thing you know, he's going to put out a script saying this is his travel routes when he goes across the country. Let's go around and let's make him stop his content creation. Oh, I only this wish is an intervention. <laughs> I only wish he did that because if he broadcasts a real location, that that goes right to the FBI. Oh, he'll 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 get some he'll get some fun stuff if he tries that. Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> He does seem like he's got a bit of uh, one of them fatal attraction for you. I see a paste bin link. It's it's fairly dis like it's it's chronological, but it's it's uh, it's a little disjointed to look at, but it's chronological. So let me see how big. Oh, it's not terribly big, but it does look like I'm reading a code screen instead of a document. Correct. That's that's okay. (laughs) Let me just click a little off here. And uh, this could be some fun reading. Oh boy, of course, anime. Every time you run into one of these freaks, they always got children cartoons. Yeah, of course. So. First off, sorry that's for what, pop- uh, that's uh, actually some of the people on my uh, my supporter my uh, supporter channel has said it's like every single time you get one of these guys that's hiding behind these, it's um. It's usually a pedo. Usually. I ain't trying to be mean. That usually turns out to be the case. I kid you not. These anime freaks always they always have images of young girls and all that. What, what's that's, that's one of the fascinating things to think about. Like every everybody in YouTube that I am aware of that I've tangibly like that I've come across that's happened with. Like Boy in a band blew up with that song uh Don't Go to School, right? Know where he is these days? Off the internet. It was hurting my social or it was hurting my mental state while being uh investigated for inappropriate contact with minor fans. You know, you look at the um the only YouTube drama I've been following is the Illuminati one because Illuminati's nuts. And I just it's it's that guilty pleasure. It's like reading some romance novel or something. But all of the guys she took advantage of were all these VTuber guys. Every one of them said, I had mental problems. I tried to off myself. It's like there seems to be this correlation between hiding behind an anime avatar and uh, having serious issues. I don't know. Um, but 
Uh, it's no joke. It's no joke. Every person I've ran into that has those little cartoons, they always have some kind of grammar issues and they're very hostile. And when they get mad, they're capping the hell out of you, you know, with that keyboard. Yeah. And I want nothing to do with this drama. It's just leave me alone to do my little videos in my corner of the internet. But if you're going to drag me into it and start releasing defamatory stuff, yeah, I'm going to defend myself. So it'll be fun. It's like, I just we dropped the video already, dude. Come on. I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I love how he says here that you're allowed to hate the LGBT people. <laughs> oh, which, which line item is that? That is item 56. 56. He, it says he's allowed, he's allowed, he's allowed to, to hate the LGBT. How I do to some extent. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Next thing you know, Trafton's going to have a, a video exposing whoever this guy is. <laughs> Sakasi Sanabashi or whatever his name is. Oh my god. You know, I'm actually halfway hoping he makes a hit piece on me next. Fifty-eight be- fun because in other words, Danielle is a lesbian trans woman who may or may not be a comedy in Morosky's view. No, if you go to Danielle's Twitter bio, it specifically says my conversion to a trans commie atheist is complete right on the Twitter bio. So now that's not in my view. That was a direct quote from her Twitter bio, which if you watch that video, he's referencing. I go for the next five minutes and talk about how that doesn't matter. I don't care. It's not relevant. Well, you know how these uh, type of folks and their personality is. They're looking to fight over that particular topic. They want to get somebody agitated. I don't know what it is. Some kind of, what would you call it? Masochist type of thing. I guess. I don't don't know. I'm like... I'm not getting agitated. It's comical. I mean, this has like been the funniest week I've had in a long time. It's been exciting. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that video. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. This guy's definitely uh, a more more politically ideologically aligned with Trafton, but some of his criticisms are pretty pretty funny. Yeah. Well, what what I liked about the pace bin actually is yes, the person is ideologically aligned with the guy. He's also, though, more objective. I love right? line 90. Morrow does have a point that Jesus was likely white and not any other color. Because <laughs> he had that quote from you about how Jesus was certainly lighter skinned than Mexicans and, and all yeah. those other groups. And it's like, of course, oh, the, yeah. the parenthesis doesn't make any sense. That is, if we can believe the paintings that were made of him. Now, the paintings we made it were, that were made of him were actually the most inaccurate portrayal of him. Because all the paintings that were made of them usually came out of the Renaissance period, and they were all like European Jesus. Well, that's not right either. Right. But yeah, if you look at Jews today, you can see a lot of them have a fairly white complexion and couldn't even yeah. pass as white people if you didn't know any better. He, he, he had a white complexion, long curly type hair, and a big nose. <laughs> Definitive signs of a Jew. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I did. I never did understand that meme because a lot of the Jews that I've seen a lot of media of recently, due to a course I'm taking as part of my job, uh, they seem pretty normal as far as the nose goes. Yeah, they're. I mean, I, 
generally they have a little bit larger noses. <laughs> I love how at Trafferton criticized your books and the guys like <laughs> on line 103, impressive that Murrow made books. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them, I think. <laughs> and, and hey, Hezekiah's prayer was number one on Amazon for three days. Wow. That's pretty good. It's still, and, I mean, it's still. Uh, which category was it in? Uh, OT biography, I think is what it was number one in, I think. I see. Yeah, most people feel. Uh, <clears throat> ah, so he says you need to change the title from Morawski's online career needs to end to Morawski's online career needs to change well that would certainly be uh less cancel culture-ish because <laughs> that was something that uh that crux guy like crux 161 whatever his name is he you know left a stupid comment on one of my videos about this whole thing but even he pointed out in the comment section of trafficton's youtube community post that a lot of this comes off as cancel culture-ish mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Which it is. And and um, to Brett's point, a complete violation of YouTube community guidelines. Of course, being that he's on the left side of the aisle, I don't think anything's going to happen from that. Short of there being a, a massive campaign against the guy. But I don't want that to happen either. You know, I, I, I no. support his, his ability to have his channel. I just wish he'd, you know, come up with real content and not try and pull unrelated people into drama. I've never heard of this guy before this. <clears throat> Yeah, but that is interesting stuff. Hopefully those who are following along later, they can uh, pause the screen and read stuff in more detail. Yeah, I, also... I just don't, I don't know who took this down. Was it the uh, the channel owner that took it down or was it the person that left the post took it down? I don't know. I have what? an idea for you, but you may not uh, you may not want to do it, but you might see it as a good thing. Has it occurred to you to... Uh, make a clip or something saying, look, why don't we have an open discussion about this and about your views? Tell me your criticisms and we'll see if we can work out your sad for you. You know, basically encourage the guy to have like a one-on-one talk with you or whoever you want to bring along and stuff and uh, see if he'll show up. If he doesn't show up and he just keeps complaining, then his own audience is going to probably go, why would you attack a guy and then you're not even willing to you know, speak to him in front of his face. It'll give him that instant cowardly thing going on. You get me? Yeah, that's not, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that into my community here and see what people say about it. I like that. That might be a fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, he's already getting some flack from some of his own people just for the fact that he put this out there as a video idea in script form. So. Yeah, if he were to turn down a chance to talk to you directly, that would not reflect well on him with his people. Just say, I'm not looking for any kind of trouble. I'd like to understand you better and your criticisms. And I'm more than happy to welcome you up onto a live broadcast where we can work out our differences as adults do. You know, real passive-aggressive and, you know, do the nice thing. And he comes up and starts squalling and beaking and going kink, 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 kink on the mic, then it's a win-win either way, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It would also be entertaining if he did do that. <laughs> the last part. I, I would think he's suspicion he wouldn't go for it because, you know, cl clearly for all of his perfect journalism here, telling me I don't know anything about journalism, that uh, he never even reached out for me to comment. That's actually something that one guy said in the comments down there, right? You sound salty. Did you ever reach him to, for a comment? And no, right. he hasn't. But yeah, I, I like the idea though, because if he doesn't come on, well, he's seen the challenge. So, you know. And and yeah. just to throw it out there too as a further idea, if they wanted a moderator, I can be that moderator. Because Brett will tell you, we had that Satanist guy on my show a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and that guy got to say exactly what he wanted to say. And he didn't get uh, any, you know, he didn't get interrupted. He didn't get uh, a ton of flack thrown his way. He was he really got allowed to say everything he wanted to. Which, tra which Trafferton would get the same treatment. He'd get to say everything. I have a feeling, though, if the person somehow managed to grow a spine, which I doubt that he actually will, but it's going to be a win for you, even if he doesn't show up, because people are going to know that hey, this is an open-minded YouTuber who's willing to work things out, who's confident in what he's talking about enough to challenge someone. The guy doesn't show up, he loses. He does show up and he gets on the mic and starts going, da, 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 and frawl them at the mouth and all that. You got him even then, and either way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, I, I like the I like that idea, so I'm going to see what our what our guys in our community think about that. I, I like it, personally. And TTOR would make an exceptional moderator. I will yeah. root and vote for him. Yeah, because I, I, I have to admit, uh, it's one thing to make a hit piece about someone, you know, as a written script and then put out as a video. It's another thing to say those same things to their face. Mm -hmm. It's a whole new challenge. And so I think a lot of people will be curious to see that play out. <laughs> yep. So I, I think the, the reason you may not make the best moderator is you've already done two videos about the script critical of him. So I might yeah. want to find somebody who's more neutral. Brett. So like I actually have a guy in my community that might be able to do it who's involved in the back end, but not publicly. Mm. And he probably matches all of our time zones better too. So yeah. I'll have to yes. ask. It's fair enough. If you can't get the guy, though, you should really go for TTOR. He's good people on moderation. Like, I know I've been critical of his script, but yeah, I'm very I, I'm, good at I'm being just looking for the, the, most neutral, uh, the most neutral take. Right. I so would say I Brett. Pick... I'd say Brett's yeah. actually probably the most neutral in this position because he's being exposed for the first time to all of this stuff in the <clears> stream and he hasn't conveyed a extreme take on it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a that's a good option if you want to do it too. Yeah. All right, works for me. Just give me a time and day, and you know, if he shows up, then I will say, ladies and gentlemen, then the left. It. No, I'm just kidding. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and Brett will even help you lace up your the tape on your hands and put your gloves on. I'm not sure. You I need can a lot do of that, it. But... Yeah. Yeah. Just remember yeah, to keep I, your I have a We could probably do a three or four hour video. There's actually one of his comments. I don't know if it's still up there, but if you look back into the comments on his thread again, one of the comments was like, uh, he basically is like, when I post this thing out, it's going to be raw beef, man. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
I ain't gonna be the one that's raw. <laughs> <laughs> May not have been the best analogy in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. Because mm, raw meat, well, it smells and it's putrid and no one wants it. <laughs> now, would you want to do a live broadcast on your channel or are you thinking some other alternative for a situation of this uh, we, we live broadcast all the time. We're both on the Linux community. Do it on my channel. He's, a, I think he's after views anyway. Yeah. yeah and you would definitely get more views if it was on yours. Yeah. We can do it on his if he wants. I don't care. But I think one of the challenges is he's got the whole anime thing going. So I'm going to be talking to some anime freak. <laughs> not, not him. I'm not calling him a freak. I'm talking about the, the avatar. You know, the avatar. The avatar, you know. Be pretty weird seeing a little girl anima picture, and then suddenly on the voice you hear, "Hey you, I don't like you, sir." Well, I, listening to one of his videos that I was watching, I have a hard time telling if that's his real voice or not. Part of me wonders if he uses AI to do voiceovers on that. He stuff. might. Oh, and if if you do manage to get him on, my suggestion would be if he does what we've seen in the script where he says, you don't show any sources or any of this kind of stuff, do a passive aggressive and say, if you think that my sources are incorrect, what would you suggest? What would you advise? And see how it just kind of crumbles beneath his feet. Because I think this is mostly just out of aggravation and views and he's just trying to get you on that. All right. Well, this was a fantastic show, especially once Tom joined. But we are at that time where we are out of time. So hopefully you guys who watched live on Rumble and watched live on my Twitter account, you watched live on Brett's Rumble, his Twitter account, and his YouTube channel, hopefully you guys enjoyed watching this stream and hearing Switch to Linux's thought on this whole drama that Trafficton has started with him. With that, I would encourage you to stay tuned for next week's live stream, which will be an episode of God TV Radio. So it'll be less focused on tech drama and more focused on religion topics or reaching out to unbelievers, whichever whichever one of those comes up more often. I think you should do a deep dive into Preston Sprinkle. <laughs> oh, gosh, that would be fun. <laughs> I guess I'll throw out a plug real quick. YouTube channel is at Brett Keen, K-E-A-N-E, -E, like you see on the imagery there. And uh, Tom, it was really nice meeting you. Wish we could have met under more positive circumstances and it wasn't because of some kind of aggravating annoyance YouTubers are doing to you. Uh, and I hope the best for you always. If you are looking for a moderator, remember either one of us are open for that. Just give us uh, a time or day and we shall rock and roll for thee. Sounds good. Sounds good. Of course, you can find my tech stuff at Switched to Linux, like on the screen, and my Christian stuff at Our Walk in Christ. Yeah. And of course, TTOR, Rumble, Odyssey, Quarter, Dab, X, True Social, all the places. Just read the description box. You'll find where I'm at. So peace out, everyone. Have a good right. one. Later.